Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm in Liverpool at the moment, and as you know, there's a, as you may know, it's a, the lockdown is even stronger here than in other places. And um, being here reminded me of the three marks of existence are very clearly evident. Uh, don't know if you remember, but in traditionally the three marks of existence are impermanence, suffering, and no self. It sounds pretty miserable. <laughs> but they're all kind of connected. And I think impermanence is absolutely in our face at the moment. You know, we're at the cold face of impermanence in our lives. Um, and the suffering arises out of, as I understand it and as I experience it, the experience, uh, the suffering of this powerful identification with our, our small self, you know, and our worry about all the doubts and fears that I'm sure all of us have about job relationships, the world, Trump, the climate, the Amazon, all those things that we all um, on a daily basis are exposed to and worry about. Um, and then the third mark of existence offers us some relief, which is no self, which is the reality that, that all these fears, doubts arise out of our identification and our belief in all the thoughts that arise, thoughts that each of us arise, that we believe them. Um, we don't see them as basically just bursts of energy that we interpret in particular ways as a threat or a doubt or, or a joy. Um, so no, no self is saying that The relief from suffering arises out of a reduction in I could aspire to a complete lack of attachment, but I think for most of us that's impossible. But certainly a reduction in attachment to our beliefs, our ideas that are, and fears that arise out of the small self. And no self also carries with it the intrinsic awareness that, that we're all independent, interdependent, totally interdependent. None of us can operate uniquely as, 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 as one kind of body. And that's really evident now. Really, really evident that we're, we're all interconnected. Um, and I was reading a piece that offered some hope in a way or idea uh, and I want to say something about it afterwards, but I'll just read it to you. Uh, what would it be like to be truly content with what we have? What would it be like to walk down the street, not imagining where you're going or where you're coming from, but being content with whatever the street, the world has to offer at exactly that moment in time? What would that be like? I think it'd be wonderful. <laughs> um, 
And uh, this is what Dogen was talking about when he says, the mind and the externals are just this. The gate of liberation is open. The mind and the externals are just this. The gate of liberation is open. He's talking about us being able to walk down the streets and feel fine with whatever comes along. Um, and why is that so hard? Why is it so hard for us to occupy that place? Yeah, it's just tough. Being human is tough. Um, yeah. I mean, certainly I have a tendency to want to adjust the environment to suit my needs than for me to align myself with the environment and the situation. It's a tough, it's a tough call. Um, but as well, I can keep reminding myself what I have to feel grateful for. And we all, even if we're online now, we all have something to be grateful for. We're not hungry. We're not cold. We have friends. We have people who love us. Um, and this is really what the practice is about. How can we be content when it seems to be impossible? <laughs> how, how can we be content when it seems to be impossible? And then there's one perspective. You know, I've written something here. I noticed a while ago when perhaps things were better in the world and we could all feel more optimistic that the mystery, pain and joy of our lives, although it may not feel like it for some of us, is that we are where we need to be. That's the mystery, pain and joy of our lives, that where we are right now is where we need to be. Um, and this, this spiritual undertaking that we've all engaged with in different degrees of commitment or level of the spiritual path, it, it, um, it's, it's a deep and significant thing to undertake and, and it requires effort, constant 24-7 effort. And it involves upset, disillusionment and troubles. Uh, as we live and grow, these things arise. However, in the end, we discover we come back from where we started from. You know, it's echoed in that famous uh, mountains and mountains, then and rivers are rivers, then mountains aren't mountains, and rivers aren't rivers. That's when we're in the middle of the the, 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 the toughness of the practice, and then we come back to mountains and mountains and rivers and rivers again. We're back. So the the path is full of paradox. Everything changes. Everything changes and nothing changes. And we all have to make this journey on our own. In our own way, not on our own, but in our own way. Um, and that's the case even if we resist it or deny it or avoid it. That's the way it is. And so I just wanted to talk about facing life as it is in that context. And I think, you know, this was the case for me when I started practice many years ago, that I imagine that by transcending what it is to be human, uh, that if we can transcend what it is to be human, 
we'll be able to endure being human. A kind of superhuman effort will allow us to suddenly escape the three marks of existence of being alive and being human. And practice, certainly for me, uh, diverted me into some kind of pursuit of, of a kind of super way of being. And, and this, was, this was predicated on, on, on the, the wish, the desire, deep desire to be impervious to what no one can be impervious to, which is life. So our path starts, as mine did, with a kind of fantasy uh, that I would find some curative kind of place of being where um, I would avoid life as it is. And then over the years, it's meandered along different pathways and faced me with different situations and struggles and uh, the being obliged to let go of things I was attached to and slowly, reluctantly coming to face life as it is. Uh, and this is, this is for all of us. And uh, there is definitely relief and joy to be found through, if we can really feel or have an insight into the selfless nature of reality to its emptiness and to its, at some level, I don't know how it's described, but certainly what I find for all of us is pragmatically what arises is, is uh, out of this place that we can't really talk about or describe, um, care arises for each other. So it's not an empty place in that sense. So I think this is what, uh, <clears throat> when Chogbang Trungpa talks about our natural bravery, you know, our natural bravery is not being a kind of warrior who fights through everything and overcomes things and uh, arrives at some space where they feel victorious and successful. Natural bravery is... Uh, is, is, is our willingness every day to face all the challenges that we have, you know, relationship or family or work or health. Um, and the fact that we're doing it, that we are all doing it, is an affirmation of our bravery. And um, <clears throat> just to finish, what I want to say is that what we call compassion is simply our response to the awareness of this situation. So it doesn't look like one thing it's not fixed. It's what arises out of you. It's like the self. It's not any one thing. 
So this no self is the whole self functioning as a non-self in a non-self-centered way, I mean. And most importantly, we're only able to function from this non-self-centered place when we are fully aware of our own situation, of our own difficulties and the forces that pull us away from that. So finally, there is nothing, nothing beyond being just this very moment. Nothing beyond that. And being just this very moment. Hmm. Okay. I've finished. <laughs>